This is Honest Math Chat, an elementary teacher podcast. Today is part two of our math discussion series. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the types of questions to ask and the types of questions to avoid. We'll also talk about the role of the facilitator in the math discussion. This is Honest Math Chat, and I'm Mona Eel of Mona Math. I'm a former math avoider turned math teacher cheerleader, and I'm going to get real honest with you about math classroom culture, engagement, math discussions, and all the student-centered instructional practices to help you empower your students to love and understand math deeply. So every Monday on Honest Math Chat, we're going to work together to make our classrooms places where students see themselves as mathematicians. But let's not wait. If you're ready to engage every learner and get them pumped about math, you've got to use math discussions. I welcome you to download the guide to engaging math discussions right now. Go to monamath.com slash discussions. You'll get all my best tips on how to guide on the side while getting every child meaningfully engaged in discussing their math thinking. Okay, today is all about what questions should I ask in the math discussion to engage all my students? That is such a popular question. (laughs) A question about questions. Uh, Your questions definitely matter, okay? However, so do the conditions you set up for your math discussion. So first, let's start by asking ourselves about the math classroom conditions. I'd like you to check out my post on math classroom culture, which you're going to find on episode five here on the Honest Math Chat, which is really going to help you think about, do I have the right culture going before we jump into, am I asking the right questions? I want to make sure you've got the conditions right. And one more thing, if you haven't downloaded the Guide to Engaging Math Discussions, do that now. It's at monamath.com slash discussions. Really what this series is, is going more in depth into each of those questions in the guide. In the guide, I go through commonly asked questions by teachers and I give suggestions. But here on the podcast, we're going to go into even more depth. So if you haven't gotten that guide, definitely go grab it. There's some really great practical printables that you can use specifically for questions. All right, so let's talk about the type of questions that you're asking. Often teachers ask a question, students answer, and then the teacher evaluates if the answer to the question is correct or not, right? That's very, very common in our classrooms. This is not a discussion, okay? So I had said in part one, like often teachers say like, yeah, we have discussions, but it's really just students sharing their answers to the work that they completed. And that follows this pattern of, okay, I read the question, you know, number three is blah, 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 blah. Student tells me their answer and how they got it. And then I confirm, I evaluate if the student's answer is correct or not. This is what research calls initiate response, evaluate or IRE pattern. It's really usually pretty quick, and it can even be as short as like a few seconds for students to respond and even less than a second for us to decide if they're correct or not. It's super fast, and there's no think time in this situation. 
This is the type of questioning that positions the teacher as the evaluator instead of the facilitator. And I know if you're listening to this, like your goal is to facilitate, not to guide, not to lead, not to evaluate, right? I shouldn't say not to guide. That is what we want to do, to facilitate and guide, not to um, evaluate, right? So in the book, Principles to Action, the author talks about two other types of questions. They talk about funneling and focusing questions. Funneling questions lead students toward a specific idea. Think of a funnel. The wide opening is where the students enter with various thoughts, approaches, and methods, right? And then through questioning or funneling questions, teachers narrow the student's understanding to the bottom, the small opening of the funnel, where there's one right answer. This approach approach doesn't allow students to make their own connections or see ideas of what makes sense to them, right? But instead, the teacher decides what or how this math should be done, and then they help the students get to the right answer. So this is the slower version of the IRE. I have an idea of how we're going to do this, what's right, what method makes the most sense, You tell me what you think, and then I ask you questions, funneling questions, until you see it my way. We do this all the time. In many classrooms, this is what the teachers see as their job, right? I mean, weren't we taught as teachers to help students and to help them get the correct answer even? Even though our students might come in at different levels, like we know it's our job to get them to understand, to meet the standard. We differentiate, we give support, and we help kids arrive at the right answer. And now I'm on this podcast telling you that's not what you should do. (laughs) I know. It's just not our job to make things easier. It's our job to help our students learn the skills to get through challenges, whether that means, you know, grappling with challenges is what I like to call it in my class. It's our job to teach them how to use different strategies how to try different things until they find a pathway to a solution. It is not our job to show our students the widespread agreed upon strategies and models. Instead, it's our job to support our students in building and understanding, to communicate their ideas and use evidence to support their reasoning. So let me just break this down for you. I think often what happens is We are on a quest to help our students, right? And we think showing them how to do it is helping them. Of course it is. They can get the answer that way. And that makes sense to me in so many ways, except the fact that they won't remember it because they're not ready for it, right? Or they don't understand why. We're showing it to them because we understand why but they don't yet understand why. So it's much more payoff for us to let them use those different strategies, attempt them and fail, help them refocus on a new strategy, try it and fail, and be there when they fail to help them find the next one or encourage them to get back up. That's more successful because that's where our student is in building their ability to understand the math. 
if you're anything like me, you came through a system where you were told what to do in math. And I came out of that system knowing nothing, legit nothing. Um, I couldn't even remember the tricks and the strategies to get the answers. I had to look them up. And so we're trying to create a situation here where we don't need those tricks and strategies because we're giving students math tasks and opportunities to build their understanding. Okay, so on the other hand, there are focusing questions and focusing questions can help us do just what we want to do, which is build our students' understanding help them communicate their ideas, and use evidence to support what they're thinking. Focusing questions attend to our students' thinking. They encourage our students to fully explain themselves. These types of questions can be used to help students understand the math task, right? Or nudge students toward a key understanding that the task lends itself to. Focusing questions help the teacher stay in a facilitator role. I've seen this happen where I'll just keep asking a student to explain their thinking, explain their thinking. And what happens is a light bulb goes off, right? And they're like, oh, I get it now, right? Have you ever heard that, um, like that idea of if you write, you'll figure it out? I was in a writing workshop long time ago and the facilitator kept encouraging us to just journal, to just write, write about what you're thinking, write about what you're struggling with. And through that writing, you'll figure it out. But describing our thinking is the same thing, right? So I've also had this situation where I've been asking those focusing questions, really just a simple, why? Tell me more about that. Why? What, what, why did you do that? Tell me more about what you did here. And students then recognize where they went wrong or what recognize that this strategy isn't working, right? So focusing questions are the the type of questions we really want to use to help us stay in that facilitator role. All right, number two in regards to the questions we're asking. The types of questions to ask, right? That's what we want to know. So we're going to use focusing questions that are open-ended. Think about what you're asking or about to ask and think, is this leading my students in a particular direction? Then consider if your questions are trying to gather more information from your students' thinking. That's always the best bet, right? Those are the kinds of questions we want to ask. You want to choose questions that help your students discuss what they know. You can build on what they know then through prompts. So if your students describe what they're thinking and where they're at, then you can prompt them to move their understanding forward. Good questions in discussions should be purposeful, but not leading. And they should build on what students know and understand and push toward deeper understanding. And I made a whole list of purposeful questions that's at the very last pages of the Guide to Engaging Math Discussions. So a little plug here, if you haven't downloaded it, it's at monamath.com slash discussions. And the third tip I have for you today is stay in the facilitator role. Your students thinking in their words are leading this discussion. The questions that 
should build on what your students are saying in the discussion. So for example, if you're hoping that the math task that you presented to your students is going to lead to a conversation about adding fractions using common denominators, but students are sharing and debating about if the fractions are equivalent, then the discussion has to start there. It doesn't make sense in this situation to start asking questions like, okay, so these fractions are the same. What can we do next? Or what operation is this problem asking us to do with these fractions? If your students aren't even sure if the two fractions are equivalent. Instead, you probably want to ask students to further explain and justify their reasoning using evidence from the models about equivalence. Knowing the standards and the math deeply comes into play big here. You have to know the progression of math understanding so that you can help your students through linking what they know and what they can do with where they need to go next. Again, student-centered learning and math discussions are all about allowing students to do the exploring, the tinkering, and the figuring out. Guided by a skilled and purposeful facilitator that nudges students to make meaning and synthesize. Resist the urge to step in and explain or just show you this one thing. (laughs) I'm so guilty of that. Let me just show you this one thing. The power is in the children's voice. Let them explain. Let them struggle to explain. Ask the right question and see them work together to develop clarity. You got this. So let's review real quick before we go for today. Number one, reflect on the types of questions you're asking. Number two, ask open-ended questions. Make sure you grab that guide if you haven't already, because I've got a whole list of them there. Number three, stay in the facilitator role. Talk less, listen more, ask better questions. You, friend, are a rock star. I'm so proud of you for continuing to hone your craft as a facilitator of math discussions. This was part two of our series on math discussions. Join me back here next Monday for part three. Well, that was your dose of honest math chat for today, friend. Thanks so much for listening. It would mean so much to me if you subscribed, shared this podcast with your friend, or leave a comment. If you have not downloaded my free guide that I made in response to the questions you have all about engaging your students in math discussions, go grab it, monamath.com discussions. And if you have other questions that I haven't answered, shoot me a DM on Instagram at hellomonamath. I can't wait to chat more with you next week. Remember, we're here every Monday. I'm always listening on my way to work. When do you listen? See you soon, friend.